welcome to the Business Awards Show, where we share valuable information and secret nuggets to get your award entry notice by the judges for all the right reasons. Our weekly episodes also feature inspirational interviews with winners, judges and sponsors. So let's dive in and start your journey to award-winning success. It's Debbie Gilbert from the Business Awards Show, and I'm also the founder of the Best Business Women Awards. Today, I am joined by Helen Dickman, founder of the Love Mondays Club, which is an all-in-one business club and hub, uh, helping tutors and trainers create and scale up their business um, using courses and memberships. So Helen started her business um, two years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is... um, a finalist in the National Business Women Awards for Best New Business coming up and has recently won a silver award for Best New Business in the Best Business Women Awards. And there's also some other awards which we're going to talk about later, but more specific to the tutoring industry. So welcome, Helen. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. Oh, and you also have your own podcast. I do. I do. Love Monday's Club. It's all under the no. same name. <laughs> nice oh, and easy yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk a bit about the podcast, I think, as well, because it's always great when I talk to people who have their own podcasts. And because people are listening to this, no doubt they might skip over and listen to yours as well, which is yeah. great. It's a very weird being on the receiving end, being the, is it? Being the one. Have being you been a guest? Have you been a guest before on a podcast? I I have. I'm not going to lie. I'm suddenly a bit weirdly nervous about being interviewed. It's funny, <laughs> isn't it? When you do your own one, it feels so relaxed. And when you're on the other side of things, you're a bit like, oh god, what am I going to say? I, I prefer being a guest. You know that than doing really? it myself. Well, yeah, because I'm always worried I'm going to fluff up someone's name or get something wrong or get a, get a fact. <laughs> and and I always sit here thinking, oh my goodness, have I got that right? Have I said that right? Because then you've got the people people who are doing your editing of your podcast going oh they've got to edit that out out." (laughs) anyway right Helen uh new business started two years ago so tell us um what what made you start a business two years ago and what the business is really all about Okay, fab. Thank you. So uh, I guess I kind of need to rewind quite a bit before I I sort of get to where I am today. So, you know, I think I was one of those people when I was at university, I did English at university. And um, when you do English and you do those careers interviews, you know, the one thing they always say is, be a teacher. And, um, you know, I I, I fought that. I was like, no, I'm not going to be a teacher. Um, What did I end up doing for 10 years? Teaching. Um, So as much as I try to fight it. But I think like deep down, I always knew I wanted to run my own business. Um, I I just wanted that freedom, you know, and creativity and everything that went with it. So I had lots of little jobs in my early 20s. Like I worked randomly as an estate agent. That's totally random. But then I ended up teaching English abroad and um, I worked for a really big charity and worked the complaints department and sort of manage teams and things but like there was always that niggle with me that was like I have to do my own thing like I can't I can't keep working for other people so tutoring had kind of quietly always been going on in the background for me and um, about five years ago I left my full-time job and started my own tutoring business Um, and that was you know it, it was exciting it was very cool but it also you know I knew it wasn't the kind of long long term job for me 
Um, and then if lots of different things sort of happened during that time. And I kind of discovered the online world conveniently, slightly pre-COVID. So just before we kind of went into the lockdowns, I'd started thinking about the whole world of online courses because I'd, I'd kind of been looking at other industries and how they were using it so much. And I thought like the tutoring world needs this. Like there's a huge market for this here. So I actually started dabbling with online courses um, before we went into the lockdowns. So, of course, online courses massively boomed during lockdown. And I luckily was kind of a few steps ahead and already had the foundations going. Um, so, yeah, I kind of started growing my online tutoring business during that period. And then essentially what happened was I'd always planned to start doing training and helping other people with this sort of stuff. But um, not going to lie, bit of imposter syndrome had kicked in. Like there was a part of me that was like, oh, no, I'm too young to do this. Like I'm too inexperienced. I'll, I'll wait. I don't I don't know what this age was that I wanted to reach. But I was like, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it in the future, you know, um, tomorrow never comes. Anyway, so, the, yeah, this lady contacted me and just said, look, I really like what you're doing with your tutoring business can you help me with mine and um yeah kind of the rest is history from there I was like you know opportunities knocking on the door so I helped her and started advertising and uh yeah Love Mondays Club was born sort of two years ago and it's massively grown and evolved since mm. then so that's yeah where we that's, are. <laughs> that's what we were saying wasn't it before we came on to the podcast call mm. we were talking about the fact that you know you've evolved the business and I'm interested to know, because I'm very nosy, mm. where did the word or the, the title Love Mondays Club come from? Where where's that evolved? Okay. From? So I, I'm I'm gonna sound um <laughs> sound a bit bougie here with this, but basically I I basically when I worked in my old job, um, I had to commute a long way. And for anybody who lives around London and has to spend any period of time oh. on the M25, you know how soul destroying that is to have to commute on that motorway. And I also as well, like I absolutely loved my job in my previous role, but there were many things that I also didn't like about it. And like so many people, I started really suffering with those like Sunday scaries, you know, like I would just be so miserable on a Sunday. The thought of having to get up and drive on that motorway and go do the things I wasn't enjoying. So it's super cheesy, but there was this really big thing that I was like, I don't want to hate Monday. Like I hate this, like... I also as well, another part of it was I hated having to ask for time off, which mm. the irony is really when you work for yourself, I actually think you have less holiday than when you work for other people. <laughs> but that, yep, it's <laughs> a whole other thing to talk about. But yeah, I guess there was this whole combination of like, we only have one life and I don't want to spend my life working Monday to Friday, living for the weekend, you know, like I want there to be more balance in there. So yeah, ever since I started my own business, I really made this point of well, of like Mondays, just being a nice chilled out day. So I have a nice membership at like a swimming pool nearby and they have like a little spa area. And my most indulgent favorite thing to do on a Monday morning is to go there, have a swim and sit in the spa. And there's nobody else there. I have the whole thing to myself. And it's just such a nice way to start the week. And when I sit there and I feel a bit stressed about, you know, my own business and things, I think about sitting on the M25 in a traffic jam, you know, thinking, what am I doing with my life? And I feel happy. I feel happy about the choices I've made. So that's that's where it came oh, from. Well, I'm grateful that you've come onto the podcast on a Monday. It wasn't early, everyone. It was at half 11 today. Yeah, so no, it's all right. been for her swim. And I've her shuffled things bar. around today. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I think that's true. I think as entrepreneurs, um, we do lead a more fluid lifestyle anyway. We have to. Mm. And like you said about 
I mean, I rarely ever go on holiday without my laptop, which is mm. bad, I know. And I know I should trust people back in the team to get on with things, but it's not it's not about trust. It's mm. just about actually I'm more stressed if I haven't got the laptop than if I have. Yeah. You know, because then I can go and check and make sure everything's okay. And then I can get on with the day on my holiday. Yeah. So it's interesting that you've pointed that out. Um Let's think, talk about, oh, yeah, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I think for me, like w- with that as well, though, is for me, I take my laptop on holiday. I do that as well. But for me, it's because I, it's also because I love what I do. And actually, yeah. I don't know about you, but it's one of those things when I'm on holiday, um, that's when all my best ideas come to me. And I've done it before. I've left all my work at home and then been halfway through the holiday and thought, for God's <laughs> sake, I've got to find a pen and paper and write this down. Like I'm going to forget this stuff. <laughs> so yeah that's that's another thing for me as well it's like we my partner and I have got big ambitions to kind of leave the UK and go do a bit of traveling and take my work with me Mm. so it's all for me the big aspiration all the time is is balance and and Mm. finding that kind of work-life genuine work-life balance you know between (laughs) the two (laughs) so in terms of you work with tutors and trainers that's Mm -hmm. your specific audience so what do you do for them? Let's talk a bit about that in more granular detail. Mm-hmm. So I think like originally the business was very much just focused around helping tutors set up tutoring businesses. I think a really interesting thing that came from that, though, was because most most people who came to me were ex-teachers or they were right. just leaving the teaching profession. And, you know, in schools and things like that, they, you know, they're encouraged not to use social media. You know, they have different names and not kind of show up too much stuff. So all of a sudden, I think for a lot of my clients, the thought of suddenly starting an online business and having to put themselves out there on social media and everything Mm. was so alien and so, you know, difficult and challenging. That's mainly what they wanted my help and support with. Um, But interestingly, like we say, businesses evolve, your kind of clients, Mm. you know, evolve. And what happened was a lot of people came to me wanting support with tutoring then after a few months turned around and said actually I don't want to be a tutor anymore (laughs) and I think it was because leaving teaching they felt like this is the only skill set I have which is totally not true but for them because they've been in teaching for so long that's how they felt um and they kind of realized like setting up this tutoring business an online business like there was just so much potential to do so much other stuff so that's kind of how I evolved from then not just working with tutors but also trainers so most people who work with me now have some kind of teaching background but sometimes it was like 10-15 years ago and they're doing something totally different um but yeah that's kind of the main thing really is the marketing and also the background systems as well like I'm, Mm. I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point but um I'm very obsessed with like email marketing and how you can kind of like automate stuff in your business um because again if I can say this, I, and I know this myself from being te- you know, being a teacher, like I'm very, a bit of a control freak. Like my attitude is I can do it. I can do it all myself, you know, a bit of a, um, bit of a martyr kind of syndrome going on. And I think weirdly almost we resist technology and things that are out there to help us mm. because it means we've got to let go and trust something else. So that's a big thing I teach as well as kind of how to implement that into your business. No, oh, that's really useful because at the end of the day, um, it's a bit like booking on to, you know, be interviewed on this podcast. You know, you go onto my calendar, you book it, it generates the Zoom link, mm. it sends the people an email, it puts it into my diary. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> that is it. I don't get yep. involved until I come and talk to you. And then I have someone who edits it and puts it all up and out it goes. So I think if you can systemize as many processes in your business as possible and automate them, Mm. then it it does save huge amounts of time. It makes you more efficient and it means you can spend those extra minutes in the spa, you see. (laughs) 
I promise, guys, I do do a lot of hard work. <laughs> I don't just spend my time sitting in a swimming pool. <laughs> so let's talk about awards. Yeah. Um, what brought you to, you know, start thinking and entering business awards? What was the thought process behind that? So again, it kind of fell on my lap a couple of years ago. Um, so in my in the tutoring world, I was a member of the Tutors Association, and they introduced awards maybe two years ago, I think it was around that sort of time. And yeah, when they first introduced it, they just sort of mentioned it to all the members. And I'll be honest, I had never really considered entering business awards before because again maybe like a few people there was kind of a little bit of that imposter syndrome there and it kind of felt like oh well you know I have to be like an established multi-million pound business you know to be entering these sorts of awards and things so I really knew nothing about the kind of awards world and awards industry and all that it could bring to you so that kind of yeah brought it to um brought it to my attention and yeah I applied for it kind of off the cuff thinking oh well we'll see what happens and yeah I got shortlisted for it went to the ceremony and I came second I came runner-up for that one as well which was very cool um and yeah that was my first kind of experience of doing that and then I suddenly realized that oh actually this isn't as much of a scary process as I thought it was going to be um and you know going for me one of the main things is like going to the ceremonies is the networking opportunities Mm. and getting to like see people and meet people because again I know so many people's faces from LinkedIn and have probably even spoken to them but nothing beats that like in-person connection and and Mm. having a proper conversation with people so um yeah I kind of got hooked from from that moment on and then I discovered your awards I think it was recommended to me by another sort of lady that we know and um, yeah, the rest is history. Here we are today. <laughs> yeah. So two this year under your belt, which is great. Yes. So when you actually completed the entry forms, did you find that was useful for you to kind of do that reflection exercise? Yes, 100%. So this is actually something I talk to a lot of my clients about as well. I always get, I always sort of say to them, like one of the best things to do in your business is have like a little CEO day, whether it's once a month, once a quarter, whatever it is. And it's just that whole thing, isn't it, of stepping back and just, Mm. you know, reflecting on what you've done. Because I think most people who are, you know, really ambitious, running their own businesses, we're always looking 10 steps ahead. Like it's so easy to forget all the things you've achieved, even in the past Mm. couple of months, you know. Um, And I'm certainly guilty of that. Like, I I will sometimes sit here and be like, oh, you know, things aren't going well, or I haven't ticked things off my list yet. But actually doing stuff like this with these awards was it was really good to kind of actually go into a bit more granular detail as well, like the numbers, the finances side of it. That was also really, you know, rather than just sending it off to my accountant and not thinking too much about it, it was nice to kind of sit there and pick it all apart and actually just see, you know, see the graph going up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because obviously, you know, finance is a big part of your business. Like it's a big part of the success. If I'm not making money, the business isn't doing well. So there's that side of it. But also there was also like looking at sort of my audience and how that's grown and how that's evolved like over time and all the different services I offer. So um, yeah, it was great. It was almost like doing a big 360 review of your business, which was really helpful. Yeah, which is great. Mm. So let's talk a bit about the challenges of starting a new business because Mm. you were uh, a silver winner in the best new business category. So we obviously impressed our judging panel, which is great. (laughs) So what challenges have you had to overcome in the last couple of years? I mean, obviously you set up just before the pandemic, but Mm. what's what have been the key challenges that you've had to deal with? So I think and I guess this is kind of a lot of what I help businesses with now, but I think especially when you decide that you maybe want to go into the online world, 
there's so much to choose from, like in terms of like tech and software and where do you start and what's the best one for you. Um, it's so easy to spend money. You know, it's so easy to just sign up to all these different little things, a bit of, you know, shiny object syndrome. So that was, I guess that was one of the challenges was sort of, you know, working out because I basically run two businesses now. I still have my education business that sort of goes in the background as well as Love Mondays Club. Um and, you know, I say this to my clients, I've pretty much tried and tested everything out there. Like if there's a new sort of software coming out, I'll sign up and do the trial run and see what it's all about. Um, because, again, you know, I think this is really important for people developing their businesses is to make sure that they're not letting the kind of technology lead them, if that makes sense. You mm. know, like design what you want your business to look like and then go find the technology to support it rather than doing it the other way around because you, you'll get frustrated with it inevitably. Um, and also as well, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like when you get started, like, you don't know what you don't know. And it's and it's so like, even now, every day still feels like a bit of a learning curve of discovering new things. Um, so I guess that's the kind of technical side of it that was a bit challenging. And, you know, also, if I'm honest, the mindset side of it as well. Mm. You know, I think mindset is probably one of the biggest things when it comes to people being successful in their businesses because you know especially when you work for yourself like you've you've got to motivate yourself to show up every day and put yourself mm. out there and again I, I'm always honest with my clients about this like the irony is for me it's so easy for me to help them market their businesses like I can see how wonderful they are I can write copy for them you know my English kind of background comes into this mm. I love writing and being creative and all this sort of stuff but when it comes to me that's a whole other story. <laughs> it, it can be challenging to yeah. sort of like, you know, really blow your own trumpet and put yourself out there with this stuff. So yeah. that, that has been a learning curve. I hope you feel that you are now uh, credible and that <laughs> you can get rid of the imposter syndrome. <laughs> so what inspired you to start your podcast and, and where are you at with your podcast journey? Um, So it is just over a year old now, I think. I'm on about episode 66 67 I think we're on at the moment so um, I'm sort of cruising through um why did I decide to start it uh probably because you can tell from this I can talk for Britain (laughs) you have got a great voice though for podcasting I have to say thank you (laughs) yeah I think it was one of these things that like I, I like kind of long format content again you know, I'm kind of in this like marketing training world, but actually social media is fantastic, but it's not the only way to market your business. And I do think it's incredibly time consuming. Um, And we all know what it's like, don't we? You create that little piece of content. It takes you half an hour. Instagram crashes, the app kicks you out, you lose everything. You want to pull your hair out. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, you can put in all that effort and it's, either gets no likes or it you know gets no engagement not not enough views and then it just kind of disappears off into space never to be seen again so I knew from an early stage social media was not going to be my primary way of promoting mm. my business it, it would it would complement other things um so yeah for podcasting I liked the kind of like long format I liked that it has like longevity it's got SEO potential all sorts of different things and it's a great kind of core resource for me to then repurpose into the social media world Mm. and stuff like that um plus I get to do interviews and meet interesting people and you know the great thing with podcasting we're obviously doing this on video but I don't you know I often do mine after a dog walk with a scruffy (laughs) bun and you know a cup of tea at eight o'clock at night you know so I don't have to get dressed up for camera so it's very easy (laughs) but we just do ours on video as well because we kind of will put it up on YouTube and it gives people a little bit of added 
SEO. Yeah. I mean, I think there's 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 all different ways of doing it. Um, oh yeah. I mean, what, I've um, what sort of guests do you have on? That's what I'm interested to know. What topics do you cover? So I've sort of had a, only a smaller handful of guests, and my plan is for kind of next year's season to be a lot more sort of interview based. Um, but recently, I guess I've worked. I've interviewed people that maybe have supported me in my business. So like people who kind of helped me and did some training, um, but also as well, quite a lot of like clients or ex-clients and just sort of talking about how their businesses have evolved, a um, couple of people from the tutoring world. So yeah, sort of a real mixture of people. So who's tuning in? Do you know the sort of demographic in your podcast? Who's tuning in to listen? So it is mainly, um, it is mainly teachers and tutors and kind of trainers and mm. people, people sort of in that not I think not directly the education space because I know actually a few people who um are like hypnotherapists and things like that mm. they listen because uh, again the podcast I don't only I don't kind of specifically talk about teaching a lot of it mm. is kind of like marketing because I think this is the thing right like tutors trainers education sort of businesses all these sorts of things the the marketing and the kind of like setting up of courses and memberships is very similar like their mm. skills and expertise is their thing um but I mainly talk about the kind of like back-end stuff of it like how to mm. kind of scale it up for them so yeah that's what the podcast mainly focuses on and it's called Love Mondays Club yep yep keeping Brilliant. it simple so we'll <laughs> add some links to that so thank you, you. <laughs> head over if you're listening today you can head over and listen to Helen's uh, podcast as well so in terms of marketing your business you alluded to the fact that you didn't really use you, you do use social media but it's not a main uh main source of marketing for you mm. and you also obviously have got the podcast what else do you do to market love mondays club i mean the, i guess the main way that i communicate with people is email marketing so mm-hmm. for me you know and again this is something i sort of teach people how to use it is like all roads lead to my email list because you know, it has the best sort of open rate, it has the best return on investment, Um, pretty much, you know, especially with my education business where I really taught myself how to use it and now use it all the time for Love Mondays Club. Um, But yeah, it's, I find it the kind of easiest, nicest way to communicate with people. And again, you know, you can, you can experiment with it, like all marketing, I sort of sometimes do long format emails, sometimes short snappy ones, like it's always, it's always an experiment to kind of see like what people are responding to and what they're interested in. So that's kind of the primary focus. And then, yeah, kind of all, like I say, all roads lead to the email list. So the podcast leads to it. Anything on social media I do, um, lead magnets, you know, mm. again, you won't, you won't find me doing too many like sort of tips and tricks style videos on social media. I do it a little bit because it's, it is good for content and it is sort of good for showcasing what you know. Um, but generally most of the time I'm trying to get people to kind of download the lead magnet and go from there. So that's, mm. um, yeah. And then on the website, I'm starting to kind of play around a bit more now with like blogging and SEO. Um, but that's, you know, you're in it for the long haul when you're doing that sort of stuff. So that's a slow learning process at the moment. (laughs) So if anyone's listening to the podcast Mm -hmm. and they are thinking about starting a business or they're in the Mm -hmm. the first few months, Mm -hmm. what what advice would you give them? What was your piece of advice that you wish you'd had? Oh, so many, so many. (laughs) Um, I think two things. I think two things from a marketing point of view, start building an email list from day one like it it will feel I think in the beginning it will feel 
quite quiet you know and the, the the numbers will sort of grow slowly but over time that does speed up and it's amazing you know how how your list can build quite quickly but ultimately the main thing is you own that list like that is an asset that data you don't own social media so you could have an instagram account and have thousands tens of thousands millions of followers but if your account gets shut down that's it you know like you you can't get that back um and we all know if anyone's ever tried to contact facebook or instagram or anyone for kind of advice or help you know nothing forget it <laughs> crickets yeah. exactly crickets. i'm not exactly. sure there is i think a cricket could do a better job <laughs> exactly i don't think there actually is anyone working in the customer service department so you know so for me that's so important is that you know I have that data. I can contact people. I'm not relying on another platform to allow me to do that. Um, So that would be number one, always email marketing. And I guess the other one as well, the second one is really from the early stages, and I wish I'd done this, is thought a lot more about the kind of long-term plan of what I want the business to look like. Now, don't get me wrong. Your business is going to evolve every year. It's going to change. You know, you're going to try things and maybe not enjoy it as much. But I think so many people I work with, they kind of they start that one-to-one model and like lots of us do you know when you get first get started it's just about getting money in the bank keeping yourself secure you know not having to maybe go back to the old job and things like that so you end up saying yes to pretty much everyone and everything and I know this was teaching you know I ended up doing maths which I'm not you know I don't like maths (laughs) I found it very stressful (laughs) but people asked me so I was like okay I'll learn let's go Uh, so I helped kind of doing that and then I ended up randomly doing a bit of geography like tuition and history because I was like oh well it's like English it's humanities it's essay writing I can do this (laughs) so as you can imagine like I was in such a pickle when I first started and I loved it because it was variety but it just wasn't sustainable you know and I got myself stuck in this big one-to-one model I hit the glass ceiling like I couldn't take on any more people I couldn't really raise my prices and then it ended up becoming a big thing of unpicking it all and and that's what I help so many clients with they come to me kind of like full to the brim and then they want to kind of almost get rid of nearly all the one-to-one and turn it more into like this kind of group scaled program so Mm. I think if you're just starting off it's worth thinking about that and actually getting the foundations in like if you want to run a group program just start it even if you only have one person in it it's still a group program and then you know you're in it for the long game so you just keep growing and growing and growing as you go um and evolving those skills yeah it's great advice I think (laughs) I you know I'm 25 years in running a business now and I always say to people that your business when you start it will not be the same business that you have five years later oh no sometimes three years later it will evolve yeah and uh You've just got to run and evolve with it, I think. I Mm. think it's just very fluid. So what about, do you get out and meet other business owners anywhere? Do you do any networking? Yeah. So actually, I mean, one of my one of my goals for this year was to start networking more because I think it was, again, it was one of those things, wasn't it? Like pre-pandemic, all I ever wanted to was to work online and to have that flexibility. And then of course we went into lockdown. Um, and I was just, you know crawling up the walls desperate to try and get out the house (laughs) so it's been a kind of since then it's been a bit of a balancing act um but yeah I generally I generally aim to go to networking meetings I think minimum of like one a month maybe sort of Mm. two a month this year I think for me has been a bit of a discovery of like working out what the right networking groups are for me as well because there's Mm. so many different types and they operate in so many different ways Mm. um do you know what if I'm super honest with you what I found like most things in life you know, the more you pay for it, the more you get out of it. So Mm. I've kind of actually found I've stopped going to some of the free events now Mm. and I've found a kind of select few, which 
do charge a bit more of a premium, but I really get something out of that meeting. Because one, again, I'm paying for it. So I go there really with the intention to kind of mm. show up and, mm. and and make something from it. Um, but also as well, I just find it attracts people who are maybe kind of at a similar level to me in their business, or they're just really serious about it. They're really invested mm. in it. And I think that for me is kind of, you know, what I want to get from networking. Want to give any a plug? Quite willing to. Oh, who should I plug? So in <laughs> Essex, <laughs> so yeah. so I'm based in Essex. That's sort of mainly who I work with. Um, so there is a networking group called Six Figure Females. They're wonderful. Ooh, so I, good. yes, they're great. So I go to their Brentwood meeting. Um, but they have recently, I think they're recently starting to open one in Bishop Stortford, yep. and they have one in Chelmsford. So um, yeah, a little shout out to them. They've been fantastic. Oh. That's and, good. And uh, also up in Colchester, a group called The Hook, three ladies run that. And that's very based around that. So they they do like marketing and photography and stuff like that. And um, yeah, they're based in Colchester, if you're that way. And they're wonderful. And they have like monthly meetings. So um, Excellent. I highly recommend both of them. <laughs> sounds great. So we finish up with today just talking a bit about what's the future plan. So what's happening with your business over the next year? And what's what's on the trolley, as we say? Okay, so much. Um, So I think for me, I, you know, like we were saying, when you're a new business, things are evolving and changing so much. But I also think as well, you kind of reach a point where where you've got to kind of stick with one thing and then kind of, you know, go, go give it a really good shot. So I think my business has really evolved over the past few years. And now I've created Love Mondays Club, which is essentially like a membership. And that's really what I'm growing. So I have like this huge hub or like library of resources. So for example, last week I uploaded some sort of trainings around how to start group programs next month I'm doing a whole training module on like how to create an online course so the idea is is that I want to like really build that library and that support for my clients so that you know they see me in the masterclasses they can ask me questions but like we all know with business life gets in the way some you know some months you want all the training in the world others you're like I just need to step back and kind of do other things that are going on so for me it's about building up that support network for them um, and then alongside that, my partner and I are hopefully going to be doing a bit of traveling around Europe next year. We're going to maybe go to Spain for a few months or France for a few months and start testing the waters of moving abroad and, um, yeah, living in sunnier climates. <laughs> Digital nomads. That's the plan. That's the new word, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Well, we're thinking of doing that as well because I'm thinking if I could, as long as I'm here for the awards and mm. several other in-person things I do, yeah. you know, I, I have an empty nest now. So, um mother can go off and do what she wants now <laughs> why not where, where would you like to go um well we've got two big trips planned for this year so we're off to Norway shortly nice for a week nice. and then we're off to Kenya oh wow and then next year like you thinking maybe of a driving trip taking us through Europe down through Italy across into Spain and then back up through France nice yeah, ambitious but there you go very nice we might bump into each other <laughs> yeah, on the way <laughs> yeah. connect up <laughs> oh, it's been amazing talking to you today. Your enthusiasm for your business is, is absolutely infectious. It really is. Thank you. And I can see why you have been so successful. And I know you're just going to go from strength to strength. Well, so it's been really great talking to you today and hearing your tips. And um, we will make sure we'll add all of Helen's details into the show notes if you're listening to the podcast and if you're watching on youtube we will put them into the notes there as well so thank you for joining me today much appreciated thank you so much for having me debbie it's been lovely thanks for listening to the business awards show 
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and post about it on social media or leave a rating or review. To catch all of the latest information and show notes, please go over to our website, businessawardshow.co.uk. Thank you.